Welcome to episode two of the Mojo MMA podcast, MMA show, whatever you want to call it. Don't ask me what happened to episode one. <laughs> Great fights we had over the weekend, though. Let's get straight yeah. to them. You want to start on the headliner or you want to start with the opener? Uh, dude, we'll start with the headliner. We'll start with the BMF belt and new champion, Justin Gaethje. Because I thought Justin Poirier would be able to weather the storm a lot longer, but uh, he... Gaethje got a lucky. I think he just landed lucky because that fight was that fight was amazing for as long as it lasted. Like the first round, Gaethje Gaethje's striking was in boxing and everything was so underrated. Uh, coming into that, everyone thought Poirier was gonna knock him out or piece him up in the first few rounds, and Gaethje was putting it on him. But then Poirier landed a good a uh, good strike in the first round and had him wobbled for a second. And uh, in the post fight, he was talking about. Uh, what would have happened if you put it on him? What do you think? Would have happened? You, you know, whenever he had him wobbled up against the fence, how Gaethje always gets wobbled and he backs up to the fence like that? What do you think? What do you think about that? Yeah, no, I think I definitely think this new patient approach because I feel like that's what usually happens with uh, Dustin Poirier fights. I feel like people come in and just like they see, they stay, what is this, sniff the blood in the water and they just go for it. And that's what happens every time Dan Hooker, Michael Chandler. Yeah. Gaethje the first time. It's just, that's usually what happens. And then everyone's lost it by the end of the first round. But he kept his composure and just, te- it was a technical knockout. And Gaethje's not known to be a technical striker. So I definitely think that new, this new change that he's made is, yeah. is, is what won him this fight and the belt, I guess. Do you think it would have mattered if Dustin Poirier put it on him when he had him hurt in the first round? Or do you think that Gaethje would have, he would have caught him still? Because Gaethje always gets hurt, but he, he does that thing where he kind of baits him in a little bit. Kind of like uh, Derek Lewis, when he, I think it was JD, uh, Junior Dos Santos. Yeah, JDS, that's right, yeah. Like this and, Why him? Yeah. Yeah, do you think, you think that Poirier should have put it on him when he had him wobbled? Or I don't think, think so. I don't, yeah, I don't think so either. I don't think that he really could have done anything. So I think if you would have put it on him, I think Gaethje still probably might have caught him in that sequence. Right, he's I dangerous think- to hurt. Yeah, I think it was just Gaethje's night. It was his. I don't know. I don't think there was any stopping him, like lately at all. That's just a great performance yeah, yeah, by him. Was, uh, that was that was probably Gaethje's. That was his best performance, I think. That was it was amazing. His his stand up was really good, and his timing was amazing. His timing was insane. Um, on all those counter shots he hit Poirier with, whenever Poirier was, because Poirier came in fast the first two rounds. He, he was marching him down the whole time, and Gaethje was fighting on his back foot. And Gaethje was moving his head. His head movement was good, and he was landing everything. Yeah. What did you think about uh, the post-fight? Usman's in the cage, or, ooh, yeah, Usman's in the cage, ready to, to celebrate the win, and then they show the knockout, like, side by side. <laughs> that messed up. Oh, that's messed up. That is so that's messed crazy. up. I saw something that said, uh, Usman's like, man, I felt that. He's like, he's like, that was amazing. I felt that. He's oh, like, you see man. that? He's like, yeah, man, did I see it? I felt it. That's all on Joe That's Rogan, crazy. though. Or maybe they told him in his ear that that was just, and then they brought it. I don't know. Whoever's idea it was, not a good idea. He was in the the crowd cheering, and then he came in the cage after. Uh, that's crazy. Same the same place in Utah and everything. Uh, it's crazy. Leon, right. Leon. The first one against their teammates too. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. All right, let's move to the co-headliner, 
And new number one contender, Alex Pereira, beats Beyond Blahovich by decision. Oh, did I call it? Oh yeah. my goodness, I knew from the beginning. But that was good. <laughs> I feel like I feel like what happened in this fight was Jan had his idea, but honestly, it looked like he could have carried that through. I thought he was gonna carry it through the second, through the third, and just wear on him. But I guess that salt like elevation got to Jan and and just Alex was able to just apply his technique and just be the better striker. Yeah, one thing I always see that uh, the commentators talk about, like especially Cormier and Rogan, I don't think John Anik has ever said it, but they were talking about the first time that him and Adesanya fought. They were saying, uh, they were like, man, Alex is looking wore out. He's looking torn down. He's looking like he's tired right now. He's gassing out. And I don't think I've ever seen a fight where he's actually gassed out because if you watch the fifth round of Adesanya versus uh, Pereira, the first one, he definitely was not tired. He came out there and marched him down the whole round until he got right. the finish. Yeah. He was not tired that fight, and he was not even close to tired this fight. And I think what broke uh, Jan down, because I think people are probably going to attribute the Pereira beating Blahovich and Adesanya not being able to beat him in five rounds to uh, uh, Blahovich being like old or getting ready to retire or gassed out. But I think that he gassed out because of how big Pereira was and how taking him down and wrestling him how it was to hold him down and holding him down for that whole first round. He lost the first round, uh, Pereira. And then the second round, you've seen how much body shots he was hitting him with. He was hitting him with that, that low body shot. I think the body strikes and the kicks to the kicks to the abdomen were, were wearing on Blahovich. I think that's what really tore him down. I think what really tore him down body. was was the leg kicks. <clears throat> oh, yeah. You from saw the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> His leg kicks are insane. How he doesn't even—he doesn't even look like he's gonna throw a kick. Just right. Bam, just barely. It's just, just, it just it. right. It covers a small distance. He doesn't load up or anything. He, it just like springs out and then bam, a big old yeah, welt on his leg. The one of the, you see the leg kicks landing. It doesn't look like they're very hard, but when you see them make impact, there was a few times you saw Blahovich's like ankle just completely turned sideways, and it was just a bare. He was just barely kicking him. He he's got some heavy leg kicks. Those I think that definitely played a role in the teep kicks and then the body shots, the the jab to the body. I feel like the more I watch Alex, the more I feel like he fights like a drunken fighter. Like it feels like he could get knocked out at any moment just the way he moves, which I don't Who, like. No, 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 Alex. Oh, Alex. Yeah. Yeah, he. It's, I don't even understand. It's his, a like, weird style. style. Like, he's not quick. Like, he, his movements are even kind of, like, just real slow. And he does that thing a lot. He's just sitting there like this. Right. And he's, it looks like he's just, like, super stationary and, like, heavy. Yeah. But, I mean, like, but everything he throws, he's not, nothing's, like, projected. So he lands everything. Yeah, you I see know the that. People were complaining about the the decision on that one. But if you look at, like, the, the strike accuracy and the significant strikes and everything, he... I remember uh, it was like the third round. They showed the striking accuracy on Pereira and Blahovich, and Pereira was like 80% accuracy. That's insane. Yeah, yeah, that guy lands <laughs> most of what he throws. I feel like people also attribute a lot into takedowns, even when they oh, lead yeah. to nothing. Expect, like that takedown that Blahovich got at the end. like Yeah, the last minute. How many strikes did he land? How, how many submission attempts? How many? Any, he didn't do anything, so... I, I felt pretty yeah. confident going into it. So, and when I heard it was a split decision, I was like, "What?" You know, yeah. I had, I had, I was like, "There's no way that's going straight to Pereira." Yeah, even the commentators, I was surprised that they actually had picked it right too. They were saying that they thought it was an easy, well, not easy, but 
if they had to, if it was a split decision, Pereira definitely got the just got the the nod. But right. he uh, that that fourth round and fifth round, I rewatched it today. The or the second and third round, they were all Pereira. Like the third round, like but Blahovich was landing some good combinations the third round. So I like I rewatched it and Blahovich was like Pereira lands like good one twos and jab, but everything that Pereira's doing, he's like constant, constantly walking him down and kicking him and punching him and jabbing him and hitting him with the body shot and the team kick. And then Blahovich would like back up, back up, back up, and then throw a good combo and land. And then Pereira would just kind of just shake it off. But it's kind of hard to tell because Pereira puts it, he just barely moves. So I don't even know if half the strikes were even landing. Right. Yeah, the guy's made a stone. But yeah, you could see the size difference going in there. That, that yeah. motherfucker's huge. Yeah, I, I don't know how the one. fuck he made 185 because. Yeah, and he also he also gave Adesanya one more one more L. Right, <laughs> taking Blahovich uh, down. I, I think that's amazing. <laughs> no, I think it's amazing. I think it's hilarious how Pereira he knocks him out in the kickboxing, beats him twice in kickboxing, beats him in MMA, and then gets beaten. And then instead of fighting him again or fighting someone else in '85, he goes up and beats the only guy that beat Adesanya in the UFC besides him, and he wins. Right, that's just. Super impressive for him to come into the sport and 10 fights in, be a, a champion and the number one contender in another weight class already. Yeah. That's yeah, absolutely ridiculous. All right, next fight on the list. We could probably skip it, but uh, let's not. Bobby King Green against Tony Ferguson. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I saw, uh, like, when the, uh, in the post-fight interviews there or the post-fight press conference, they were talking about uh, if Tony should retire or not. And in my head, after that loss, I was like, damn, he probably should. But then I saw Gaethje, and I heard Bobby Green talk about it, and they were like, yeah, he still mar- he still marched him down the whole time, and he kept fighting. I don't know if he just – I just don't think he should have fought uh, Bobby Green, a good boxer like that. Like, And he got submitted, but that was that was all Bobby Green's stand-up that put him there. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I honestly do think it's time for him to retire. If not – if it's not time to retire, give him a, a, a farewell fight. Someone uh, yeah, give, beatable. Yeah. Someone yeah, not on know, that striking pedigree. They're putting him against Hillers, like the top five. His last, I don't know what how many losing losses he has, like six now. Yeah, six. He went 12-0, and, and then now he's Darius, He had Benil Darius, Justin Gaethje, Charles, Charles Oliveira. Get some Hillers. And then of all those people... I think Bobby Green's boxing is like top tier, so I don't especially after seeing what he did to him. It was a bad it was just a bad matchup for him. But I mean yeah. he probably still he could probably beat most of the people in the lightweight division still. Yeah, not I most, definitely not, I definitely think Go ahead, bud. No, I'm just saying I don't know about top ten. I just think I think maybe like uh give him someone a little lower, I guess. I mean, maybe it is time to retire because you saw what happened to Frankie Edgar. They're like, oh, we'll, we'll give you uh, Corey Sandhagen or, or Brian Ortega before that. All these fucking killers. And all right, well, let's take you down. Let's take you down. Let's take... And then, bam, he still gets knocked out in this farewell fight. Well, that farewell fight was not a good farewell, farewell fight. That guy, he, <laughs> what's his name, Gutierrez? Uh, yeah, Chris Gutierrez. Yeah. yeah, Chris Gutierrez has not a good farewell fight. He is a, he's good. 
I don't know. That was just a terrible, terrible fight to make for a farewell fight. Robbie Lawler, Nico Price, that was a good farewell fight. That was like a good stand-up fight. You knew that fight was going to stay on the feet, and it was going to be a good fight. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that was still a tough opponent, but I feel like it's so rare that people go out the way he does. I feel like Tony Ferguson's yeah. taking like the the BJ Penn route. You know what I mean? Yeah, just like, lost. He's got the losses. And... Right. If you look at the P, the BJ Penn record, it's like he's like 50-50 in the UFC, but that doesn't tell the the, yeah, the story the of who stuff. he was. Yeah, in his prime, he was the he was the goat at the time. So. Right, but then look at the end of his career. That just they don't really. I don't really count that though, to be honest. Because right, he was at his prime. He was killing everybody. <laughs> now your uh, favorite fight on the card. <laughs> My favorite fight on the card. Which was that? Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, we can skip two in a row. Oh man! What are you talking about, Derek Lewis? No, I'm talking about Mike Chiesa versus Kevin oh. Holland. That's what. That's oh. what we. This is this is the order we bet on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the that's the fight that I predicted almost to a T. Except, like, I had in my my parlay, I had Kevin Holland by KO, and I had uh, Alex Pereira decision, and I had Justin Gaethje KO round four. And then another parlay, I had all the same except just Justin Gaethje and uh, Kevin Holland still by KO. And what's he do? He go, he goes out there against a wrestler. Uh, Hits him with a knee, drops him, gets on top. Of him. He made it look easy. I said, I said in the first episode the, that didn't work out. I guess, but <laughs> he got. I said Holland would make it look easy. I thought he would make it look easy, and that he would retire Kiesa. And I'm pretty sure, like after the fight, Kiesa took his gloves off. Right. And Holland uh, dropped him with that knee, and then it just looked like he kind of just like kind of gave him the submission to get out of there. I don't know. It, it was kind of weird. Yeah, that guy hasn't won in a long time. I used to love Mike Chiesa. Him and uh, Cub Swanson, some random names. Those are, at, a, at a point in time, those are some of my favorite fighters. But Yeah, damn, but yeah. Kevin Holland's wrestling. His wrestling looked really good. Yeah, it's impressive. I definitely, well, I feel he's like he's, he's, he's always going to be, like, not necessarily a gatekeeper, but... He's going Holland? to beat the people. Yeah, he's gonna beat the people that he should beat, but he's gonna lose to the top of the top. I don't know. I, I don't know. He's been getting better. He's only thirty or thirty-one years old, though. He's he's still really young. I think he's got. I mean, a couple more years of him training in his wrestling defense. His wrestling defense looked good against Kiesa. Kiesa went toe to toe with uh, Sean Brady, and Sean Brady's good. So I mean. His re- Kevin Holland's wrestling is getting better, especially he, he stuffed those takedowns in the beginning. Whenever Mike Chiesa was uh, when he was fresh, that was like the most impressive part of the fight to me. Once I saw him stuff those takedowns, I was like, "It's over now." <clears throat> yeah, kind of yeah, hard to cool. deny. That was a uh, yeah that that should have poured a bank on Kevin Holland on that fight with the with the <laughs> odds were at. He looked like a, a small favorite to win, but man, just looking at it in hindsight, it's like, damn, we should have. Uh, Got yeah. our bottom dollar on that one. Yeah, the but funny yeah. part is, is I had him in every single one of my parlays but one, and I had him KO in every single one of them. That's how confident I was in Kevin Holland to win by KO. And he goes out there and he submits him. Uh, I still That was still a good fight. I, I was impressed. Yeah, it was definitely a good <laughs> fight. All right, next fight on the card. We don't got to go much into it. There wasn't much to it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Bonfim versus uh, Giles. Hey, you skipped Derek Lewis. No, 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 that one's next, bud. 
Uh, it's coming. Yeah, it's coming. It. Yeah, yeah. There's an order. Okay. This yeah, one. That... I'll let you go ahead. Yeah. So I feel like this guy. I don't know, man. He's such a beast. He just went in there and just did what, what the odds said he was gonna do. Minus three thirty, and he just came in and delivered. Made it look easy. That's his second fight in the UFC, right? Yeah. Yeah, his first fight he made it look easy, and his second fight, him and his brother. I mean, that that was a good fight. I didn't expect him to run through uh, Trevin Giles like that, that easy. Being that Trevin Giles has fought so many times in the UFC, I thought that the experience inside the UFC would have played more of a play, play more of a part in the in the decision. But no, he he went out there and got it done fast. Yeah, it just goes to show. And this guy's what fifteen, and no, he's still undefeated. He's just on the tear. I feel like that's he's gonna be yeah. good coming up, definitely. All right, now to yeah. my favorite fight on the card. Here we go. The, yeah, the, the other fight that made me some money. Derek Black Lee Lewis fucking knocks out Rogerio de Lima. Yeah, that was awesome. That was fucking amazing. I was fucking up out of my seat screaming. <laughs> yeah, I was at the hospital with my daughter because I had to take her to the ER just uh, for a little bit. And that that was the fight that was on. And watching on my phone, I almost I almost had to just stop watching it, especially after the knockout. Like I, as soon as he knocked him out, came out the flying knee, I jumped up and I had to walk. I had to go for a walk and pause it. And then I just I had to rewatch it whenever I was alone. And I was like, his out his post fight when he got out of his chair, that was <laughs> that was the best thing I've ever seen. Yeah. Oh man, he's finally back. I knew it. I feel like. Like, as soon as I saw the odds on this, especially the knockout odds, I was like, oh, man, this is an easy bet. Yeah. Why, why is he an underdog? Knockout. Yeah, especially by knockout. Odds for knockout. For knockout, it was a plus here. I have it here. It's plus. It was plus, that it was plus two. Anything. Yeah, it was plus 240 for Derek Lewis by knockout. Oh, that's just one of the worst odds. It was probably better odds on, like, uh one of the more mainstream ones, but man, plus 240 and he gets it done. Oh, that was, that was huge. That was awesome. His post-fight, I didn't think that his post-fight post uh, post fight interviews could get any better than what they already were, but that was my favorite right. by far. He got, yeah. his, he got his underwear. I didn't see it. They didn't show it, I guess. He took his cup out and threw it in the crowd again. <laughs> I didn't see that. I saw he was throwing, he was throwing his gloves in the crowd. I didn't see the cup. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they didn't show it. They, I think it was Joe Rogan was like, oh, he's taking his cup off. Or someone was like, he's taking his cup off. And then it showed him throw his cup into the crowd. <laughs> Someone doing a shoey out of it or a cup, whatever you call it. Oh, I would have. <laughs> That'd be disgusting. <laughs> I'd have never ate out of anything else ever again. Oh, my God. All right, so now we can talk about our bets for <clears throat> last week. This one, cash. If we were able to post it, shit, we could have all made some money. I had yeah, Derek Lewis by KO plus 240. And Alex Pereira by decision plus five twenty five, and combined, I had the odds at plus two thousand and twenty five. That's a huge win for me. Yeah. What was uh? Do you have my winning bet or no? For that no, one? No, you never sent. No, my my odds were plus nineteen twenty five or something like that. I had Gaethje. I just had money line Gaethje, and then I had money line Kevin Holland, and then I had Derek Lewis by KO. And I think the the total total uh, odds were like plus nineteen twenty five. That was the one bet of mine that did hit. I had the I think four bets, but all four of the bets would have hit if Kevin Holland by won by knockout. 
Yeah, four. You... and then there was one where I had Gacy by round four KO, but that was just a that was a free bet I got, so I had to put some money on that. Sprinkle some in. I thought that he would get the KO in four, round four, being how durable uh, Poirier was, but that was that was pretty good. Yeah, it was a good night of bets for us. Let's see if we can keep it up with this one as we transition yeah, one... to UFC Fight Night Sanhagen versus Font. What yeah, do you say about this fight? This Do you one, think it's hard? Are, no, I mean, like, it's hard to pick because if you were to bet anything, Corey Sanhagen's odds are, like, plus or minus three something to win. And it's hard to say if he's going to win by knockout because Font has only been – I mean, if you were to expect him to win, you'd expect him to win by knockout because – but with Font, Rob Font, he's been knocked out, like, once or twice in his career, I think. So, I mean, it's hard to put any money on knockout for Sanhagen. Yeah. And then the money line doesn't even seem like it's worth it, but I'm definitely not betting Font because I got Sanhagen. But I think if you were to bet on that one, you'd put uh, put like a submission in because Corey Sanhagen. He was talking. Uh, I don't know if it was his last episode with Joe Rogan or what. Which where I saw the interview, he was talking about he's been working his jujitsu a lot. So I mean, I, if I were to put anything on that, I'd, I'd sprinkle in something on Sanhagen by submission. All right. Well, let's start at the bottom of the card first. When it comes yeah. to our, our on-show bets. Oh, let's actually, my fault. Let's go back. You went 4-2 and two on the week. Oh, yeah. If you placed a $100 bet on each one of your fights, you'd be up 320 Whoa, where'd I go? You'd be up $325. Come on, focus in. You got me. All right, or not. Anyways, you would have won $325, so you're up on me. Me, I went 3-3. Three and 50-50 three. bets. And I think what got you was that uh, the Ferguson fight, though, huh? Yeah, I know. Well, it got you too, but I, the other, heart. yeah, I'm betting with my heart too much. But yeah, I still still came out positive, plus fifty five dollars if you bet a hundred dollars on each fight. So we're both up on on our on our fight. We just uh, yeah. got to keep it going. All right. So first up, first fight on the main card. We have Ignacio Bohamundes versus Ludovic Klein. And I think I think this one's going to be a good fight, but I definitely have a lean on this one. What about you? A strong lean on this one. A strong lean? I do. Uh, I don't know. I, is it Ludovic? Is Klein, Klein, his last fight, he had a draw, didn't he, with uh, um, the backcountry banger? What's his name? Uh, your boy, your favorite fighter of all time? What? <laughs> No, no he had... the... yeah, Jai Herbert. Yeah, he had a draw yeah. against Jai Herbert his last fight out. That's right. And I mean, Jai Herbert won that fight. So... That, he one hundred percent. Oh my gosh, I remember that's yeah. the one where they they took the point and it was uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that so... that was ridiculous. Yeah, so I think on this one, I'm gonna have to lean towards Ignacio Bahamondes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I... Yeah. Yeah, just look, looking into this fight, I just see, like, Ludovic Klein, he's not bad. He's definitely not the worst fighter, but Jai Herbert exposed him, and Jai Herbert is, like, such a, a reckless guy, so easy to take yeah. advantage of. I think I have to take Ignacio Bohamundes, too, and the odds on this one is going to be minus 230 for Ignacio <laughs> Bohamundes plus yeah. 190 for Ludovic Klein. Yeah. And next we have two heavy bangers going into this one. Too heavy banger, loser, trash cans. Tanner Bozier versus Alaska Kamur. Both of these guys. I mean, I, I I was high on Tanner Bozier when he first came to the UFC. What like a tough hockey guy that came in, 
big guy, heavy hands, uh, missing a tooth. Did he move down from heavyweight? Uh, yeah, Did I'm pretty... Good. No, I was going to say, didn't he move down? He fought at heavyweight, didn't he? I thought that his... Uh, yeah, his past fights were at heavyweight. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's hard to even say who's going to win that one because... Um, how do you say his name? Alexa? Yeah. Yeah. He is so new. So I, don't, I mean, I don't honestly know much about him. And we haven't really seen much of him. Um, right. And Tanner Bozer, he's down at light heavyweight now. And, I mean, if you had to pick on this one, it's experience versus the new up-and-coming guy. I mean, I'd probably pick Alexa just because he's new. But, I mean, new... I wouldn't. I wouldn't predict anything more than just him money line. Yeah, that abs fight. absolutely. Me too. I'm also leaning towards <laughs> Tanner Bozier, but it's such like a you never know. I, I feel yeah. like Tanner Bozier will be a little bit better on the feet, but it's just this fight is just such a a close one. I I if if the money was a little better for Alexa, I would definitely lean that way. But it's so close. Minus one forty eight for Tanner Bozier. Plus one twenty four for Alexa. I think I'd rather go with more experience and especially the UFC experience because it's way different than those uh little uh -huh. league fights. Yeah. All right, yeah, next so fight. I'm actually go ahead. I think that this next fight we're probably gonna be different. Uh, maybe. I really like this next fight. I have a heavy lean on this fight too, and I hope we're leaning the same way. I'll let you lead the dance. <laughs> so Gavin Tucker and Diego Lopez. So the only fight we've seen from Diego Lopez is the Movsar Ivalov fight. Right. Ivalov. Um and that fight was a that fight was so good. Like ever I remember I was watching that and I was talking to my brother about it and I was like, "Man, this guy's going to get murdered by him." And he went out there and he did everything in his power that, to win that fight. Like he did everything and anything to win that fight. And I that was awesome. I love that. And then Gavin Tucker on the other hand, he's a veteran in the sport and he's only got two losses. So I mean, it's hard to bet, but he's 37 years old, and Diego Lopez, with him being so young, I'm definitely going to go with Diego Lopez on that one, especially after seeing how well he did against Mozart. Right. He went into that fight like a minus, or he was like a plus 700. Yeah, and I he was, was like, Yeah, I almost wanted to throw money on it, how ridiculous that line was, even though I know nothing about him. But, yeah. I mean, I mean, it would have ended up losing, but still, what what a close fight he made that out to be. And Gavin yeah, Tucker, he, he's not a bad fighter, absolutely. He just lost, his last loss, or his last fight even, was just versus Dan Ige. And Dan Ige is the beast we know he is. And yeah. before that, he was beating guys. He even beat uh, Billy Q, who's also Billy fighting Q. on this card. Right. And yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, we definitely have the same lean. I'm also going to go uh, Diego Lopez. Just that fight is just so much, uh, so much heart was shown, so much... Yeah. Te technique. Somebody. He was just. It was just an amazing fight for him. Maybe it was the the late switch up, but I don't know. I feel like we might go. We're gonna be the same on this next one. On uh, maybe all of them. <laughs> yeah. All right. Go ahead. I think we have the exact same bet ready too. But go ahead. Uh, how do you say his last? In set in Sketchu? In I can't say Kennedy versus Dustin Jacoby. Uh huh. Yeah, it's hard to say. Um, so that one, Dustin Jacoby. Uh, been in the UFC for a long time. Well, not a long time. He fought way back then, 
and then left and then went to glory. Did you watch the the fight? You know, uh, Justin Dustin Jacoby fought uh, Alex Pereira in in Glory. I didn't know that actually. No. Uh, well, well, Alex Alex KO'd him, but I mean, it was like for them to be fighting in Glory says a lot about Dustin Jacoby, like his his stand up. He's definitely good at kickboxing. Um, and then Kennedy, on the other hand, is very durable, and he can take a punch like a like a motherfucker. Like with the the first fight I watched of Kennedy was against uh, Adesanya's boy. What's his name? Oh, you have to look it. Yeah, he had a weird name, right? Super yeah. weird name. Uh-huh. Yeah, Adesanya's boy. He was hyped up big time. And you watch that fight, you're like, oh my god! Like Kennedy was getting put, like he was getting pieced up, and he came back out of that and won. I think he won by knockout round two or round three. Um. But yeah, that fight was not that impressive, but it showed that he's got heart and he's got like he's gonna he's determined to win. But then on the other hand, you got Dustin Jacoby, who is an elite kickboxer. Uh, he's fought almost the same guys that Kennedy's fought, and it's kind of funny because they fought. Kennedy got KO'd by I forgot the dude the the guy's name, but Dustin Jacoby fought him and then he KO'd him. So and then they both fought. Um, Iwan Kite Lava, and Dustin Jacoby had a 10-8 round. He lost a 10-8 round in the first round against Iwan, and then he came back and put it on him for round two and three. So my prediction for this one is going to be Dustin Jacoby round probably three, round two or three because how durable Kennedy is. But, I mean, that's a, it's kind of hard to say because the reach in the, the reach on Kennedy is like 83 Ridiculous. inches. Ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, that's insane. So I mean, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a good fight for sure. I think that someone's getting knocked out or someone's getting rocked at least. And I mean, I'm I'm leaning towards Dustin Jacoby by probably third round KO if I right. were to get or pick. And when you say he's durable, you just mean he doesn't he doesn't get knocked out, but he, yeah, he defi- get out. definitely gets wobbled in there. Yeah, he, he gets def- he gets hit a lot too. That's the thing. Justin Absolutely. Jacoby will hit him. So it's going to be whether Dustin – and Dustin Jacoby, one thing about him is he will not gas out. Like, he won't gas out. Like, I remember when he fought uh, Iwan Kutilaba. I put, like, a $5 bet in or $10 bet on Iwan, and I saw him, and I was like, oh, he's done for. And then he just kept getting faster and faster and picking up and picking it up, and I was like, oh, my God. And they were like – yeah, they were talking about how durable and how he just keeps moving and getting better and better throughout the rounds. And same with Kennedy. He honestly gets better throughout the rounds too, but – I think with Kennedy starting off kind of slow and Dustin Jacoby picking it up in the in the first, second, and third, I think that Dustin Jacoby definitely will come out on top. Yeah, and he's an underdog in that fight. Right. Yeah. Plus one thirty for Dustin Jacoby, minus one fifty five for Kennedy and Zuchiku. But in Zuchiku, I've never seen the W at the end of his name. I never knew it was there. Huh. But but uh, yeah, with this fight, I'm I'm leaning the exact same way. Dustin Jacoby. It just I feel like when they both they're both gonna land. But I feel like uh, with the way Kennedy's just been lucky when he gets hit, it feels like he could be put away any second. And I feel like if there's a guy that's going to do it, it's going to be Justin, Dustin Jacoby. And so definitely, yeah. yeah, if I were to play this, I would definitely play knockout. Not sure what round, so I would just I would just leave it open. Knockout, yeah. Dust, Dustin Jacoby. I think uh, I looked no, at the number. It was like, yeah, it was pretty good, like plus 400 or something like that. So definitely... Yeah. If you're going to play Jacoby, I would definitely say by by knockout. 
Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I would just get – if you were to get risky, I'd put, like, round two or three because I don't – I mean, all of Justin Jacoby's knockouts in the UFC, I think, lately have been in round one, but I don't think he's going to be able to put him out just in round one because all the fighters that got him wobbled, uh, Kennedy, all of them that wobbled him gassed out in the later rounds, like Iwan Kitelaba and – so I and uh, Adesanya's boy, I forgot what his name is. Carlos uh, Olberg. Yeah, Olberg. Yeah, he gassed out bad in the second round. So I think that Justin Jacoby not gassing out, putting it on him for three rounds. I think third round he gets him out of there. Right. Yeah. Definitely leaning that way. And next fight, do you even want to break it down? I'll, I'll go it's, ahead and do it. Looking yeah. at this fight, Tatiana Suarez is a fucking monster. She's a beast. She's uh, looks unstoppable. And I don't know. I, I feel like she's going to go in there and make it look like light work because Andrade is really good, but I feel like the, she she has a puncher's chance in there. I don't think she has a chance if it's going to be a technical fight. I don't think if, if they both go out there and just have a war that Jessica Andrade will come on top. Tatiana Suarez was out for how long? Three years? I think three years, and this is only her second fight back. Right, and just, I don't know. She looked good in her last fight versus uh, Montana De La Rosa. And so coming into this one, I definitely could see, uh, because she's a bigger girl than than Rose even. And you see how Andras just picked her up and said, like, jujitsu don't exist and just slams her on her head. I feel like Tatiana Suarez is going to get her out of there, maybe by submission. It's only a three-round fight, so... I feel like maybe it's probably possible. Maybe like a third round, second round sub, or maybe I don't even know. Just open open round sub. I definitely think Suarez is going to take it. So I'm going to take her minus 375, a disgusting number, but I think it's definitely worth it. Yeah, same with me. I'll take Suarez, but I wouldn't bet submission, honestly. I think that Andrade will be able to, especially because the only reason why she got submitted her last fight is because she had a, 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 te- uh, a wardrobe malfunction. According to her, sure she said her top came uh, came loose or whatever. Right. That's the only reason why she lost her last fight by submission. So I would say Tatiana Suarez by decision probably. That's like the only thing that would make sense. I don't know what the money or the the odds are on her by by decision are, but I would take Suarez by decision probably, or just take Suarez. But I mean, it's not even really worth it with the, the how much of a favorite she is. If you were to want to sprinkle like a a risky bet in there. You take like Jessica Andrade by KO, and then Dustin Jacoby by KO. Yeah, and then that's there, what, that's what I'm saying with Andrade. There was one other fight on here. I would I would sprinkle Jeremiah Wells. On. No, well I mean that fight by KO probably. But uh, Cody Durden and Jake Hadley. That one's uh, a good one to uh, sprinkle if you want to th- make like an underdog one, like. I don't know if I would put Jessica Andrade KO in there. I would definitely do like Cody Durden decision. Cody Durden by decision. And uh, this is my favorite bet, I think, is Cody Durden by decision for like a risky bet. And then um, my second one was Dustin Jacoby by KO. And because you watch Cody, Cody Durden's really good. And Jake Hadley's kind of newer. So, and people see that he was undefeated and everything, and they think that like he's unbeatable. But he's just really new and he's really young. And Cody Durden's been in there with some people. And I think that Durden's uh, wrestling will definitely take him out of there. So I would put Cody Durden and uh, Justin Jacoby by KO. 
this uh Durden by decision Jacoby by KO. That'd be a good one to sprinkle some for a risky bet. Uh, yeah, I don't know how we got on the Durden fight, but Oh yeah, but uh, I was just saying Suarez. <laughs> I think Suarez, but yeah, uh, yeah that would be risky, Andrade by I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I got the odds for you. So Andrade by KO TKO is gonna be a plus six fifty. Uh, still, yeah. uh, it's a nice number, but I mean, if you're gonna play her, if you have faith in her, that's what I would play for her. But uh, Suarez by submission is a plus one twenty, and by decision is a plus three hundred. So that's a nice number there. I'll take Suarez by decision plus three hundred. That's a, I think that's pretty good. I like her by submission, but yeah, straight <laughs> up. And in and, and the game we play here, we'll, we're both taking Suarez money line. Okay. All right, and the last fight of the night, we already know how you're leaning, so we'll let you go ahead and. Uh, yeah, I'm sure we both know how the going to go. Uh, I'll take Corey Sanhagen. He's too technical of a fighter, too long. Too, his length, his boxing, his wrestling defense now, his jiu-jitsu, all of it together. I don't think that Rob Font really stands much of a chance to beat him, honestly, because Sanhagen's reach alone is going to put a – there's going to be a huge difficulty for Rob Font to get by. Oh, Rob right. has a longer reach than him. <laughs> Rob Font's reach is actually longer than him. I don't know why I think Corey Sanhagen's so tall. I mean, tall and lengthy. Oh, he but, is I mean, tall. I just, he saw that too. Yeah. I would still say I'm, I'm taking Corey Sanhagen. All right. If I'm honest, I still haven't made my pick yet. In my head, really? ju it's just because of the number. I know Corey Sanhagen's a better fighter. I know he's more technical. I know he's... But it's just, uh, he just beat your boy. He beat the fuck out of your boy. Yes. And, uh, yeah. I, I, I just rewatched that fight to yesterday. I rewatched that fight yesterday. And, and Rob Font, it, it was not a clean win by any means. It was not a clean win. But he got out there with it and just made it yeah. happen. So I feel like maybe, I'm just going to go Font. Damn! Finally, I'm, we got I'm, one. Different. Finally, here I'll, I'll take that. Factor in you got to factor in that Font has been training. What like he's he got a, the fight on a few weeks' notice, and that Sandhagen was training for um, Umar Nurmagomedov. So you know that uh, Sandhagen's been training wrestling and wrestling and wrestling and probably a lot of jujitsu, and he's been talking about his jujitsu. So I I will say that. Sanhagen by submission. What are the whatever the odds are on that? That would be something to look into because Plus Sanhagen. Yeah, he's been looking. He's been training to fight Umar Nurmagomedov, and I'm I guarantee he's been training uh, his wrestling and his jujitsu. And I would I would put I'm taking Sanhagen by submission on that one. I feel like Cheeto. Just going back to Sanhagen's last fight, would have had a chance if he just had more dog in him, you know, more. Uh, yeah, he didn't do anything the whole more fight. It fierce, right? It just and it, it, Sanhagen couldn't take advantage of it. It's not like Cheeto's a great defensive striker, you know. He's known for his offense, not necessarily his consistency, but his ability to land with power. But it looked yeah. like he wasn't even trying. But if you get someone that's gonna try, it's these fucking. Bostonians fucking Rob Font, Calvin Cater that are going to go for it to the last bell. Yeah. And so that's yeah. why I'm going to take Rob Font. Just the number is just pretty for me, so I'm going to take it. And uh, that's a it's plus crazy. 275 to minus 345. <laughs> but you just have yeah. to think of it this way. If you were to bet $100, would you bet 100 or Sorry. Would you bet 345 to win 100 on Corey, or would you rather bet yes. 100 
to win two sets. <laughs> you see, that's where I we disagree. I would definitely yeah. put that. I'm, I'm not even worried. I'm not saying that Rob... Uh, Rob Font's Did I say not 245 minus 345? Oh, yeah. I'm not saying Rob Font's not good, but he's 36 years old. He just beat Yanez, which is super impressive, but right. he's coming in on like a few weeks' notice, and Sanhagen's probably been training the best. He's probably in the best best shape of his life right now. Like I think that this fight, he's going to stand out a lot and put himself as number one contender. Even though he pretty much already is the number one contender, I think that this one, this one puts sets it in stone. Like after, after uh, O'Malley knocks out um, Aljamain <laughs> Sterling, it's, it's just destined for Sanhagen and O'Malley to fight with how they're with their striking. Yeah, I'm taking Sanhagen. All right, that so that wraps up our fight night. What we are gonna do now is uh, one and oh. one only parlay. What is your parlay? Break it down for us and give us the the odds if you have them. If not, I'll grab them. All right, you'll grab the odds. Uh, sure. Um, is it a risky parlay or is it just like a? a this is your your parlay. advice. Your advice. What what are you betting? What what do exactly? <laughs> what are you betting? So I, I put it into categories. I'll have like a safer one. I like want one. Round, and I got a risky one, but I want to do my risky one just because I want it to be, I want it to be known. All right. What's your, what's your, okay. Let's just hear your official. What's your official parlay? No, I want to do my risky no, one. That's what you want to play. Huh? That's what you want to play. That's what you want other people. If other people only have money for one, one parlay. I'm doing it, my risky one. Okay. What is it? Because it pays out the best, and I have a good feeling about it. <clears throat> so, if you you could just take all the fights I've said already, but I would take. <clears throat> so go ahead and plug this in. I'll take Sanhagen by submission. Okay. Sanhagen by sub. Dustin Jacoby by KO, and we'll do Cody Durden by decision. All right, That's you're, my trying favorite to, part you're trying to get people to buy a new house. Dirty Durden by decision, right? Yes. So this is plus thirteen oh twenty five. Uh, disgusting. Okay, so, what are, so if you bet ten dollars on that, what do you win? Ten dollars to win a thousand three hundred and twelve dollars. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so that's you're, the bet I'm <laughs> you're trying to retire people. Ah. If you have one bet to put in, I would say that ten dollar bet. But then if you, I'm only gonna do my one because I got a safer one that more makes more sense. But I mean, Sanhagen by sub. Jacoby by KO, that both looks good. Sanhagen's going to be like the underdog one. And then Cody Durden by decision is given. All right. It's going to be crazy next time we come on here and you're looking at it and you're like, wow, I should have did that bet also. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not doing that bet. But I'll give you mine. You ready for it? Yeah. So we'll go. Well, we'll give you the I'll give you the pickums first. The duh. We got a Tatiana Suarez minus three seventy five. That's an easy parlay piece at minus three seventy five. It's not ridiculous to put it in there. Diego Lopez minus one seventy five, straight up money line against Gavin Tucker. I feel like that's just a gimme fight. Another one, Ignacio Bahamundes. I feel like there's no way. I feel like this is the easiest fight of the of the card versus Ludovic Klein minus two thirty. And then I have one more fight. Here we go, an underdog. I'm putting an underdog in there. I got Dennis Bazooka versus Sean Woodson. You got Woodson, right? No. What? Dennis Bazooka. You know who that is? No, I don't. Uh, you know where I've he never... trains out of? 
Probably Dagestan? No. Oh, where? He fights out of the Sarah Longo team. You yeah. can never go against those guys. I actually, I would definitely not even do that one. I would not put that one. Sean Woodson. Well, if you look at it, Sean Woodson's weird body built self is. Uh, He's got an eight inch reach on it, seven, six and a half inch reach on him. Doesn't matter. If uh, if you look at it, this guy's, he's had what, three, two or three opponents just drop out in the last couple weeks and then bam, opportunity for Dennis Bazookia. He actually fought on the contender series, lost the unanimous decision, which could have gone either way. And then he goes on a tear fighting in uh, New York City. But yeah, if you look at the guys out of the Saralongo team, just the active ones, you have Aljo, Marab, Nas, who just fought uh, last week. Weidman, who's oh, coming back. He said what? I like, well, he's, I don't know if he's active, but yeah. Yeah, if you look at those fights, fighters, it's just like just the people that come out of that camp are hungry. And I feel like Dennis Bazookia will get it done. So this is my parlay. It pays plus 653, nothing ridiculous. A $10 bet pays out 75.39. Yeah, you'll make seventy five on yours, and I'll make a thousand or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're I'll making that. that yeah, I but think... I, if you sprinkle ten dollars on that, you lose ten dollars. Just don't eat. Don't eat one meal. Skip one meal. Don't go out to lunch one time. And you could risk a thousand. You could risk making a thousand dollars. Yeah, huh. I don't know. Maybe maybe we'll be yeah. sitting here next week, and you'll uh, you'll add a thousand dollars on a small on a small yeah. bet. Yeah. All right, now it. let's get to some real fights. No more of this UFC nonsense. Jake Paul. Oh, my God. What's his name? The Golden Child? I don't know. Is that his nickname? That sounds right. Yeah. Serial uh, risk taker. Oh, what the hell? I've never heard that in my life. That's, Takes that's on Nate what, uh, Diaz this weekend. Said. I think Chel Sonnen uh, uh, said that at their press conference. Serial risk taker. It's pretty All true, right. though. I've not seen any of the buildup to this fight. Well, you have Jake Paul going against Nate Diaz in a boxing match this Saturday in oh, Dallas. Yeah. How do you have this going down, pal? Um, I have a strong opinion on this one that everyone, no one's going to like. I wasn't right. going to say my opinion because I just because everyone's going to be like, what? But, I mean, my opinion on Jake is that he's a good boxer, first of all, and that he's new and he just started boxing, what, like five years ago? He just started training boxing five years ago, and he's already as good as he is. And people hate on him. I don't know why. Because he makes a lot of money and because he's good at boxing. He's not allowed to be good at boxing, apparently. But Nate Diaz, on the other hand, he went out of the UFC with a win over Tony, and he looked good. So, I mean, he's always, you can always count on Diaz to do two things. It's come in in shape, not talk shit during the press conference, and smack you, smack people around. So, I mean... I don't even want to predict. If I were to predict this one, I'm saying over seven and a half, and I'm not giving a, I'm not giving a winner on who wins. <laughs> over seven and a half rounds, because you already know which way I'm leaning on that one. Like yeah. you have, I don't know why. I, uh, the money must have been really good for Diaz to take this fight, but I don't know. After seeing like Tyron Woodley, Ben Askren, those guys go in there and just get obliterated by Jake Paul, I don't know why anyone else would want to. I mean, I'd go in there and fight him. For, oh, for uh, that amount of money, down. absolutely, yeah. huh? But I don't know, you get knocked down from your whole family and friends. Hell no. I definitely think that Jake deserves respect, though, as a boxer. I think he's a, a good boxer. 
He has good fundamentals. He trains constantly. He eats healthy. He does everything right because he can because he's rich. He's got money, so he can do everything right. The only thing that he lacks is a storyline where he came from came from nothing from the from the favelas in Brazil or he came from the freaking rainforest like Pereira. That's the only thing that he lacks is the the cool build up story to where he got. He started on Disney and everyone's like, Oh, he started at Disney, he can't be good at boxing. Yeah, if you look at this fight, minus four twenty five, <laughs> huge favorite Jake Paul against Nate yeah. Diaz is a plus three ten. I think looking at this fight Oh, uh, it just scares me. Yeah, I honestly, boy, I, don't, I don't think, yeah, I love Nate Diaz. I've always loved Nate Diaz since the beginning. Uh-huh. But I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to do with this. Uh, Jake Paul by, K, by KO is a minus oh. 150. That's a disgusting number. I would never play that in my life. I wouldn't play that, but I also wouldn't play around with it, thinking that it's not going to happen. I would just say over seven and a half rounds and make that, just put it, that way yeah that's not a bad bet but yeah i definitely don't think if diaz gets knocked out by jake paul uh i don't know what i'd do yeah don't just don't show up next week i'll take over yeah i'll take diaz by by knockout plus 600 that's your that's your your bet yeah that's my official pick what is uh uh over seven and a half rounds it's uh, over over seven and a half minus 125 Okay, yeah, I'm taking that. Because if Jake does knock him down or knock him out in the first round, it's going to be like Tyson Fury where he came from the dead, like The Undertaker, and comes alive in the middle of nowhere, and he's going to stand back up. And I was watching uh, sparring footage of Diaz, and I kind of liked the way he was, uh, he's like doing a lot of the hugging and stuff and wearing him down, wearing out the, the pro boxer that he was sparring. He was holding his arms down and stuff and messing with them, doing all this stuff, like distracting him. I'd like that, but over seven and a half is a pretty good bet, I think. I definitely I like the, the technical knockout, just like a TKO. I feel like it's exactly how it's going. He's gonna wear on him. Diaz doesn't get tired. This guy does. This guy doesn't look like he's in tremendous shape, but this guy's fucking. I don't think I've yeah. ever seen him tired before. Yeah. In, in a UFC fight where you get wrestle fucked, but uh, I know boxing's definitely just as tiring. But I definitely, if you're gonna take Diaz, I say by uh, TKO is a good one because he usually wears guys out to where they have nothing left in the tank, and then it's so easy to get stopped when you have nothing coming back in return when you're exhausted. Yeah. And I think we've seen Jake Paul tired, uh-huh. but who's been active with him besides Tommy Fury? And then when you see when he's when he's uh, Tommy Fury presses him, he uh, tends to throw less. Towards the later rounds. Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva put it on him a little. Anderson Silva kept moving forward, and that fight was good. Like, he came forward to the last round. And Diaz, or Paul, Jake Paul's, his cardio, last, it, it stood up. So, I mean, it's going to see, it's going to be a, a match to see. It, the, the deciding factor is going to be whether Diaz can stop that right hand of Paul, that right overhand. And if Diaz or if Diaz can drag it out to the later rounds and get uh, Jake Paul tired, but I mean I think Jake has a lot of heart, so I don't, he didn't look like he was very tired in a lot of his fights. Yeah, I, I honestly think that's what happened, but we will see. All right, one more thing before I let you go, Joe. We're only gonna do one of these. We'll do some more next week, maybe one, one every week. But this is. Uh, 
I found this. The odds to be champion on the 31st of December in 2024. And we're going to start oh. with the heavyweights. Who do you think's the favorite? To be to be champion. To be champion on December 31st, 2024. That's the easiest thing to ever. Just John Jones. That's incorrect. He's not favorite. Uh, he's, he's, not the, favorite. he's not the first. I mean, he's not the first or the happen. second favorite. That's what's gonna happen. But I'm assuming the favorite is Sergey. Sergey Pavlovich plus 175 is the favorite to be champion on that day. Number two. Who, yeah, let's see if you can get number two. Zero gone. Nope. What? Zero gone's a, number five. Oh, uh, Jonathan Almeida. Jonathan Almeida's oh, second yeah. favorite plus 225. Yeah, and then I mean, third. That's... John Jones, fourth, Tom Aspinall, plus 550. Cyril Gons, plus 850. Stipe, sixth, at plus 1,000. And then everything after that, you don't, we don't really okay. got to talk about. One thing on that is that why that's not going to work out is they're going to have Gileton and Sergey fight, I think. Because that's the only fight that makes sense right now. Sergey doesn't have a fight lined up, and Gileton Tom Aspinall. And then, but Tom and Aspinall just fought, so I don't think they're gonna put him in another fight right away. So I think that they're gonna end up making Sergey versus Jalton, and it's gonna ruin those odds because I mean, one of them's gonna lose. It's gonna be Jalton. And you think the winner of that? I don't know. John, John Jones at a plus four fifty—that's crazy. I, I bet people are just uh, assuming he's gonna retire. Yeah, I, I guess so, huh? That makes. I mean, he has a fight. He signed like a five-fight contract. But, I mean, everyone knows after he beats Stipe, he's going to dance off into the sunset, as he should. All right, what's your official pick? John Jones. John Jones. That's insane because that is my pick, too. Yeah, obviously. I feel it's just tough because I feel like Stipe is going to win the fight, and then they're going to they're gonna rematch, and then Jones will beat him the second time. And then that's how, yep. that, that's how that goes down. But, <laughs> yeah. I feel like if Stipe wins, he's either losing to Jones the second time or he's retiring. So I don't I don't think he'll be around December 2024. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that happening. Because, I mean, if I was Stipe, you beat all, you're the GOAT of the heavyweight GOAT. You beat John Jones, you're not going to fight again. None yeah, of those they're... other names are worth it. No one, like Sergey, he's like kind of newer. Tom Aspinall kind of new is newer. Like those guys, they're not gonna give some young, hungry guy a chance to to dethrone their legacy after they built it up from the from the way Stipe did, especially. Right. Well, exactly. I mean, that's All not right. possible. Though. No, but go ahead. Uh, yeah, we'll see. All right, kids. Good episode. We'll get this one uploaded hopefully, and then next week we'll be live. <laughs> All right. All right. For Joey, I'm Antmo. We out. Uh-huh.